The long wait for Euro 2020 is finally over. In the build-up to the big kickoff, we are doing something special. We have scoured the Twitterverse to find a representative from each of the 24 nations competing in this summer's European Championships. We'll be recording a preview with each representative who will be sharing views on their nation's hopes and expectations throughout the tournament. And most importantly, the fantasy assets we should be looking out for. Welcome to Euro 2020 Happy Hour. Hello and welcome to our Euro 2020 preview series with myself, Sham, otherwise known as FPL2Guys1Cup on Twitter. Myself, Rob, otherwise known as FPL Panda. Rob, we've got another guest tonight and they are representing a nation that have won the Euros three times, last being in 1996, and that is Germany and Kevin. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you doing? I'm doing good. The, the sun is shining, the Euros are in front of us, so I'm just glad. <laughs> good, good. Well, firstly, thanks for joining us. I know you, you're a last minute step in, so we both really appreciate that. Um, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, what football team you support, if you play FPL or any other fantasy games? My name is Ken Bader. I'm from Germany, but I live in Sweden, Stockholm. Uh, I work as a journalist and write about uh, German football here in Sweden. And uh, yeah. As you can tell, I'm for the German national team, I would say. Uh, when it comes to clubs, I always keep my fingers crossed for the German teams, but it's the the Mannschaft when it comes to the feelings <laughs> and yeah, the sacrifice. And and you play uh, any fantasy games? Yes, I do. I play F FBL, yeah, Premier League fantasy and Bundesliga fantasy. Nice. Okay, so let's talk about Germany then. Um, how did you guys do in qualification? I know it was some time ago, but what was the kind of thoughts in Germany and yourself about how that went? I would say if you look at the results, it went good. Uh, we only lost one game and the other sevens we won. But uh, the, the game in such wasn't as good as Germany hoped for. But yeah, in the end, if you win, you win. And uh, Germany won the group before the Netherlands and the North Island, Northern Ireland. So I would say it was okay. Okay. And and during the qualification period, was there any standout players for you that played really well? Or was it a case of everyone kind of just chipped in a little bit here and there? I would say that Serge Gnabry, by Munich's winger and uh, yeah, in the national team striker sometimes, uh, was really good. Uh, he proved himself in front of goal and uh, a personal favorite of mine, Joshua Kimmich, did very well in the midfield and uh, has the last two years really stepped up and become this leader that everyone wants him to be. Okay. Um, so obviously since then, we've had the Nations League and we've had uh, the World Cup qualifying. Now, there's two games in particular that we want to kind of focus on. Um, just to get your perspective, I know <laughs> you're not looking forward to it. Um, the first game is the um, unfortunate 6-0 loss with Spain in the Nations League. Mm -hmm. Now, we've heard it from the Spanish rep. Um, I don't know if that pod is out yet, but um, you will hear that soon. Um, I want to know your opinion and what happened in, in that in that game. I don't know if we got so much time, but <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would say firstly of all, um, the last two years Yogi Löw has mixed around a lot with the national team. Uh, like Lothar Matthäus had said, um, the former big player in Germany, everybody has become a chance in the national team. And uh, against Spain, you really saw that this kind of leader was missing. Joshua Kimmich, who is a leader, I would say, in this national team, was uh, injured. And the other guy, like Toni Kroos, who should be a leader on the field, wasn't a leader in that, um, in that, in that game. And uh, yeah, I would just say that Spain did everything good. Uh, Germany just came wrong into the game and uh, with no lead on the pitch and with no kind of, uh, yeah, 
positivity just fall through and uh, as everybody knows six nil uh, historical bad result i think that's the 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 worst result for germany since 1931 and that was against austria uh six nil as well so yeah that's that's the feat that we will we'll never forget <laughs> the interesting thing is uh the spain rep when we spoke to him about it what he said is um we went into the game and this is from his words uh we went into the game wanting to know if we could compete <laughs> and, and, and and the response was like and my response to him was well you kind of came out of it knowing you could compete if you beat like germany six mm. nil right um but you know in 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 germany's defense he did say you know they didn't have this their strongest team out and no. stuff. um and i guess the other question i wanted to ask uh, the other game i wanted to reference and this kind of will we'll move into kind of talking about where germany is now is the recent 3-2 loss with north macedonia uh, and again we spoke about this with the north macedonian rep and he was obviously delighted and amazed because north macedonia you know they're a much smaller side i would say that's as big as a as a feat for north macedonia as it is for spain you know uh, winning um what was what happened with germany again that game and i guess let's move into where germany are now because that game was quite recent mm -hmm. i would still say that the germany that was against north macedonia isn't the same that we will see this tournament okay, but in in that game uh germany did a real good game before and I would say, first of all, respect to North Macedonia. They they stood up good, um, and they did everything they, that they should. Uh, but the defense in Germany the last two years has hasn't been good as all uh, good at all. And uh, at the attack, if you play fantasy Premier League or Champions Prem, uh, Champions. Champions League fantasy, you have seen Timo Werner, uh, and uh, he did one of the yeah not so good attacking uh, <laughs> actions against North Macedonia, if, <laughs> yeah. I, if I should be nice. Uh, so Germany should have won that game, but they didn't take the chance and they really, yeah, they, they didn't didn't good work. And I think North Macedonian, yeah, they deserved it because Germany showed once again that they aren't in the right place in the mind. Uh, that was that was their third, I think, World Cup qualification last ever. Uh, once in the 80s against Portugal and another one against England in 2000 in Munich and then now against North Macedonia. So I think the last year Germany, Germany has really been at the bottom and uh, they really have to put themselves up. And the thing is why I said that the Germany that we will see now is different is because of uh, Thomas Müller and Mats Hummel's return to the national team and that Jogi Löw has said that he will end his um, yeah, time as a trainer uh, after, this, after the Euros. He had the contract until 2024, I think. So these, these, um, how do you say, um, these pinpoints, these, uh, yeah, these uh, factors will change everything for Germany, I think, in a positive way. Okay, so I guess let's talk about the Germany side that we might get at the Euros. Then, where you know. Who are the main players or who are going to be the main players? Not not from a fantasy perspective, but from an in real life football perspective. Mm. Who are we going to see as the main players for Germany? And what sort of Germany side are we going to see? Are we going to see an attacking side, a defensive side? Where are Germany as a nation at the moment? Because it really feels like I kind of don't know as an as as a as a you know as a supporter of football but not knowing the germany side in detail i kind of don't know what to expect from germany whereas in years past we always expected germany to get to the semis or the final of a major tournament yeah i understand that because i think the most germans doesn't know where germany are at the moment <laughs> but at least i'm not alone <laughs> but i think um as i read and 
have seen in the in the camp now they are in austria before the euros yogi um, Löw have changed his tactics from this kind of spain tiki taka to more uh, by a Munich Hansi Flick style, more gegen pressing, more attacking football, more direct. Uh, and I think we will see that kind of Germany. And in that way, players like Manuel Neuer, Mats Hummels, Joshua Kimmich, Thomas Müller will be a big part of this because they are in this kind of DNA. Mats Hummels plays in Dortmund, I know, but he has been in Bayern Munich, and uh, he knows the guys. He's best friend with Thomas Müller as well. So I think this these kind of um, players will really be important for Yogi Löw to play uh, this kind of football. Okay, and so the, who do you think are going to be you know during the World Cup? Who uh, sorry the Euros? Um, who are going to be the standout players? You know, you said Hummels and and uh, Müller are back. They're kind of ageing now. Do you mm. see any younger players coming through and have having really good tournaments? I think that uh, he's not so young anymore, but Yasha Kimmich, he will take his next step in the national team and do a really good tournament. He has done it in Bayern Munich the last two years on a really high level, I would say. I also think that Serge Gnabry, uh, he's also a bit older, but he will also uh, make uh, do a good tournament. He said before now in a press conference that his goal is to score in every game, uh, and uh, he's a really yeah he, he really wants to achieve that goals. And uh, if we look at the younger ones, I would say that uh, Yamal Musiala is a really interesting talent. He is in this national team because. I think uh, that Marco Royce uh, said no, he wanted to rest. So that's why Masuyala became uh, the spot in the in this Euro. Um, but, but he deserves it as well. Uh, he's 18 years old, but in the last year he really took big steps uh, to debut in the Bayern Munich team, to uh, choose uh, Germany in front of England national team. And uh, he's done really well. And he can play in many different positions, like in the central midfield, but also at the at the flanks. Okay. And do you think then it's would you be able to predict the lineup that um, that uh, is going to start? Do you, do you think that it's a case of you don't really know because who's gonna you know who's gonna start where or what the formation will be because. Um, Love is kind of doing a different type of styles. Is that would you say like if you were to name the predicted eleven, how many do you think are like guaranteed from that? It's really that's what hard. all the fantasy kind of managers want to know. Yeah, who's going to start? Yeah, I, I, I understand <laughs> that. I understand that, and it's it's really hard. Um, if we say so, if everyone is um, yeah, if everyone is fit and can play. Uh, I think Yogi Löw will play a 4-2-3-1 formation uh, with four in the back. I think that Mats Hummels uh, will play together with uh, Antonio Rüdinger. Um, of them two, I would say Mats Hummels is is really given. He, yeah. he will play every game. Uh, at left back, it's hard. We, we got Halsenberg from RB Leipzig. Uh, we got Günther from Freiburg and we got Robin Gosens. Um, I think Robin Gosens has a good uh, position and maybe plays. I've seen in the last trainings that when they play with four at the back, Gosens has played at the left back. At, and in the right back, I think Klosterman will take the place. If not, now it's complicated, if not Joshua Kimmich goes down to play right back because Löw want to play Goretzka, Kroos uh, or Goretzka or Gündogan. But I think that Joshua Kimmich will play either right back or in the midfield. He, he will play, that's, that's for sure. Uh, I think that Toni Kroos will play in the central midfield uh, when he's fit. It's important to say that he just came back from uh, Corona. He's been in quarantine and he's doing training lightly at the moment. So he won't play uh, against Denmark. When we record this, uh, they will play against Denmark um, tonight. 
and uh, Thomas Müller at the front as uh, number 10, or in Germany you say Raumdeuter. Uh, I'm sure he will play every game. And then I would say Leroy Sané, Serge Gnabry. And then the big question is if Kai Havertz or maybe Kevin Folland will take a place at the front. Okay. Interesting. You know, so interesting we'll be keen with, um, to see if this... Kai Havertz, whether... Yeah, I mean, he's finished the season quite impressively for Chelsea. Um, whether he does fit into um, Jürgi Lowe's plans to start in the German side. Because um, he, I mean, this season has been a bit of a struggle for him, but he's obviously just had the huge high of not only starting in that Champions League final, but then getting the goal to win it as well. So it'll be interesting whether that, like the last couple of weeks has been enough to get him a look into the starting lineup. I, I would personally, I want to see him as a false nine. Uh, he has done it in Bayern Leverkusen a lot of times before, and now, as you said, in Chelsea also. So uh, if I had, if I could choose, I would have uh, Kai Havertz, Leroy Sané, Gnabry and Thomas Müller uh, at the front. And then behind Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich because of the, the dynamics that they have in Bayern Munich. But uh, Löw ha has a big crush on Tony Kroos, so Tony Kroos <laughs> will play, I think, uh, every game when he's fit. I think but that the positive experience thing is... he's got as well, though, isn't it? With Tony Kroos, it's, it's, he's played in what, three World Cups for Germany, mm. um, as yes. well as the last couple of European Championships. So he's got plenty of major tournament experience, whilst mm. some of these players don't. So it might be the fact that he wants that um, that experience on the pitch to be kind of as a leader as well. I, I, I agree totally, but I think personally that uh, Thomas Müller could take that response and be the leader on the pitch uh, and that the combination between Müller, Goretzka and Kimmich that they have in Bayern Munich uh, would be a, a vital key for Germany to go long in the Euros. So let's talk about um, your talisman, uh, as we spoke about him. Thomas Müller is who you've chosen as a mm. talisman for Germany. What does he bring to this Germany side uh, other than his experience? Because to me, he seems, you know, maybe he's, he's too old now. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. I, I, I would say he's in his prime. Uh, he was, uh, as everybody knows, uh, put out of the national team after the World Cup uh, 2018. He hasn't been in the national team since then, but I think that's maybe the best thing that could have happened to him because in the last two seasons for Bayern Munich, he has won the assist league in, in the Bundesliga. He's been outstanding if you look at his numbers. I think he made 21 assists in the Bundesliga and uh, I think 15 or 16 goals. And not only brings he um, the, the points, but he also pushes his teammates always. Also, he's called um, Radio Müller because he, he, he talks all the time. He helps his teammates uh, where to go. He also, as um, his pos position says, Raumdeuter, he gives the teammates the spaces that they need and uh, to go along and um, make a good result. So uh, he's not only a leader, but he's also a leader on the pitch as off the pitch. And do you think he starts every game or? or not? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, because uh, he had long discussion with uh, Yogi Löw before the Euros uh, to return and uh, look uh, how, how is the situation because they, in Germany it's been a big talks. Uh, the, Ger uh, the German people wanted to have Thomas Müller the last year back, uh, but Yogi Löw just said no, not at the moment, we, we want to make a change. But now, because of Jogi Löw said that he will quit after the Euros, he has opened up everything because he doesn't have to think into the future anymore. He doesn't have to take up the, the young kids or something. He just has to pick the best team at the moment. And at the moment, Thomas Müller is, I, I would say, the best German player together with Joshua Kimmich. 
And uh, Mats Hummels, uh, same there. He was this season in the Bundesliga the player that won the most um, um, du duels. Uh, how do you say in English? Yeah, jewels. Um, yeah, jewels. Yeah. Thank you. So with those factors and with those players, I think Germany will will do much better than in the last two years. I think the interesting okay, so thing before... with um, Muller... Go on, Rob. Um, the thing, interesting thing with Muller is um, yeah, he, we feel like he's really old and might be past it. He, he's only 31. Um, but he, Oh, he's really? Just... I didn't even know that. <laughs> He but seems he's, like he's like, I thought he was like 34 or 35. Yeah, yeah. But he's been around for so, so long because he's obviously, he's yes. the record goal scorer at the World Cup, isn't he? Um, he's and no, uh, Mir Miroslav Klose is. Oh, it's Miroslav Klose. Yeah, he was closing in on it um, at the last Yeah, World he Cup. was closing in. Um, but so... the thing is, he hasn't scored any, any goal in the Euros yet. So... Now, now it's time for him to step up in the Euros and um, shoot the goal to Germany. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it's, um, yeah, amazing that we're sitting here thinking he's a really old player, and um, just shows how <laughs> how good and how important he has been to Germany in the last what ten to twelve years, really. That's true. Um... Before we move on to fantasy and start talking about fantasy options, let's have a look at your group. Because um, I want to know what your thoughts are on this group. Uh, you know, it seems like a very, you know, people are saying this is a group of death. Uh, I want to know what's the feeling in the, I guess, uh, Germany camp, but also Germany fans uh, with regards to what they can do in the Euros and what what's your thoughts on this group and how far you can progress? Mm. Firstly, I would say this is the group of the masters, uh, because uh, <laughs> you see in France 2018 the winners, uh, you see Portugal the Euro 2016 winners, and you see Germany the winners of 2014. So uh, I, I would put it in that direction instead. And then Hungary, yeah, uh, would do they're all hungry. respect. They're they hungry. Um, I, personally, I think this is the best, best thing that could have happened Germany. Uh, they need a wake-up call. They have to play against good teams um, to perform and to be hungry. Uh, and at the same time, they will play all the games at home in Munich, in the Allianz Arena, where yeah, most of the players are playing every week, like Joshua Kimmich, Thomas Müller, Manuel Neuer. Yeah, you understand. So I think to play against France in the opening, is is really a good kick for them in the way uh, if they had played against uh, hungary or uh, other smaller team all due respect i don't think they would be as yeah, how do you say they wouldn't have got that kick that they will get but at the same time as you said uh, it's it's portugal and france uh, i think most of the people think that france will win it um, because of uh, the great squad, but uh, I, I would say that uh, it, it will be tight. Um, I'm a bit, a bit subjective, uh, as you can understand, so I think that Germany can win the group, but I don't think uh, that uh, none of those teams will go clean through the group. Uh, I, I have uh, put 1-1 uh, against France and I think that Germany will win against Portugal with 2-1 and then win against Hungary and then go to next stage. So I think it, it will be close, but it will be it will go for Germany. And as within the camp, because uh, mm. I know that you do a lot of uh, kind of talking about the about Germany as a side, is there confidence? I would say so. Um, from in the camp right now, there's lot of uh, team building at the moment uh, if you look at the world cup that was a big fiasco in 2018 um, there were were a lot of talks outside the pitch uh, with Mesut Özil and Ilka Gundogan with everything going there we don't have to go too deep into that but the focus wasn't there you can say and uh, the 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 feeling in the team wasn't so good but at the moment uh, as i can see and i heard and read the feeling is better uh, the team is motivated and they want to show the world that uh, they are the best team in europe 
because uh, they have the history uh, and they don't they want their revenge from 2018 and how far do you think this germany side can go do you think you can win it i think so i think so really? I, I understand that people will maybe think i'm crazy and uh, just a german fan here but if if you look at at the paper if you look at the conditions uh, as i said before they will play their games the group stage in germany in munich before fans uh, they have players like thomas muller back and mats hummels in top form and uh, jogi Lowe plays his last tournament most of the players or every player has only had Jogi Löw as a trainer in the national team so they want to give him a last big uh, gift in that uh, way and uh, yeah they want to get the get the fourth gold uh, and uh, as you said before when we were beginning uh, recording uh, Germany won in 1996 at Wembley and the final these times will be also in Wembley so uh, why not Thomas Müller with two goals instead of Oliver Bierhoff? Yeah, no, you're not beating us on a penalty uh, shootout yeah, this time. <laughs> uh, Rob, have you got any questions before we talk about fantasy? No, I just think it is... It, I mean, this group, we could sit here for hours and hours um, discussing mm. who may or may not win out of the group. But yeah, I think it is a really interesting point that Germany are playing at home. The ground's going to have fans in it. Like we've we've spoken to people like the Scotland rep who said that Hamden Park for their games against Croatia and Switzerland, it's going to be bouncing. It's going to be the same in Germany at the Allianz Arena. The place is going to be bouncing for that France Germany game. Yeah. Like it's yeah. they're they're going to be stirring up an atmosphere, trying to make it um, as uncomfortable as possible for the French players. And where. Um, We've, I mean, we saw it in the Premier League um, towards the end that suddenly having fans in a stadium, it boosts the home side and it makes the makes the away side a lot more uncomfortable. Um, and we could see that, especially with more. We expect there to be more fans than what we've seen um, in some of the leagues um, towards the end of the season. So, yeah, and the, they are like the German side are on. If you if you do look at the, some of the names and like yeah maybe the defense are probably a little more inexperienced on a major tournament level but then if you move forwards like you've got players that um play in the latter stages of the champions league year in year out and they've got that big game experience um as well as the sort of few players that were have been in the squad for um major tournaments and major finals Okay, let's talk about fantasy then, um, Kevin, because that's what everyone wants to hear. Um, now, if we look at the options available to us, you know, would you say there's any players here? So we'll ask off some basic questions first before we go into some detail of potential mm -hmm. picks that you really like. Would you say there's anyone that you believe is going to be out of position? So any players that are listed as defenders that will probably play midfield or any players that are listed as midfielders but actually will play as defenders? I would say that Emre Can is such a player. He is listed as a defender and uh, that's because of that he played in the last games for Germany as a defender. But uh, I recognize that when Jogi Löw took out the the German team that Emre Can was uh, listed as a midfielder. So I think if Emre Can plays, he will play in the midfield. But uh, it's uh, important to say, I don't think that Emre Can will be a start player in the starting lineup uh, because of the the other players. It's it's too tough. And in the in the back, you have Mats Hummels, as we said, Rüdinger, Ginter, Niklas Süle, uh, and uh, in in the midfield it's it's too hard with Tony Kroos, Goretzka, Joshua Kimmich and uh, Gundogan so Chan is such a player but he won't play so ma many minutes okay anyone else there not what I would say no okay the only player that I just thought that could be a potential is Kimmich you said that he there's a possibility that he might play at right back um, is it more likely that he'll play in midfield than in defense 
I would say uh, against teams like Portugal or France that he maybe plays as a uh, right back, but against uh, smaller nations or uh, yeah, as you yeah you understand, he will yeah. play as, as a midfielder. I would say so. It could be a switch, uh, and as I said before, it's really hard to say which formation uh, Yogilev has played in this training session the last week with a four through. Two, three, one, and the um, three, four, three formation. Uh, so it, it could be that Kimmich plays when they play uh, with a four back. He will play a right back then, but okay. not every game. So, as someone that's an expert in Germany, you look at this squad. Are there any players that you look at that you think? offer really good value for their money either either you know they're they're way too low they should be a lot higher or that you think they're placed way too high and actually they're not they're not worth the money if we go too much i would say timo werner uh, i'm sorry timo. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all the respect for him but um first of all he, his national time hasn't been so good because of the, the style of playing. It, it doesn't fit in the way. I don't think he will play uh, from start either. He will play as a joker and jump in and do something, do some minutes. But I don't think he will start so many games. So I think that put so much money into Timo Werner isn't as good. Um, I would rather put those money into Thomas Müller instead because he he will play every game and he will possibly be involved in the mostly of the German goals so rather step it up to Thomas Müller than put the money into Timo Werner okay. I would say and, and uh, if you look at other players uh, I said his name many times now but Jascha Kimmich so he his um six only i think that's 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 really good because even if he plays at the right back he will always be in the front he always gives assists or goals he has a good uh, foot with his right he can shoot from distance so kimmich is really good play he also takes corners sometimes uh, and free kicks. So, um, if we want budget midfielder, I would say Joshua Kimmich. Do you, does he play in that defensive midfield role, or is it more of an attacking role? He, when small, he plays in midfield, he he, he plays uh, in more the defense uh, role, but he goes up, so he's always outside uh, the box and can okay. take shots, or he he makes some good passes to the to the attacker. So he's always in the the central. He's like I would say the the yeah how do you say the, the it's like on the pivot is the it motor, double the, uh, like double the, pivot midfielder like sorry. yeah. Like very box to box, um, but doesn't sort of go into the box. Kind of just waits for that ball, the rebound ball out, or the clearance to come out to him. Exactly. Sometimes uh, in Bayern Munich, he also goes into the box, but I think players like Leon Goretzka will do it more, or Ilkay Gundogan. So he is more the stabilizer that will just control everything and have the good perspective of the game. Okay. So let's look at assets to get then. When you look at this, is there anyone here that you go, you want in your side? Uh, it's Joshua Kimmich. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I'm also a bit interested in Klosterman. I was just I about to ask you about him because you did, when, you, when we spoke about your predicted lineup, mm. you mentioned that he could start uh, at right back, I think you said, if Kimmich yes. doesn't start there. And he's only listed at 4.5. Exactly. Um, do you think he will start in that position? Has he I, been starting there? He's been starting there. Uh, but as I said before, it's really hard to say if Kimmich starts or Klosterman. But um, I think he has the best potential to play at the right back if Kimmich isn't playing there, and to have him for just only 4.5 uh, is a good option. Um, as as you as everybody know in Euro Fantasy, you can make changes in the game, as so in the 
in the round. So if you see that Germany plays and have Klossmann from start and you see, okay, he d didn't play, just take him off and put somebody else in. He only costs 4.5. So I think that could be a good option for you. Okay. Uh, what about we've... the likes of Nabri or Sané or any of those others that you think offer good uh, value? I know you mentioned Muller, but my only thing that kind of springs to mind with Muller is you you said that he plays in this 10 position, mm. right? Which is almost, you know, it's it's not that number one up front. It's almost like um, not a Salah role because obviously Salah's on the wing, but it's, mm. it's almost like a midfielder's role rather than a striker's role. And do you think he's still going to be getting that value when he's playing up front? I would say so. Uh, as as I said before, with Bayern Munich and his time there and his his numbers, uh, 21 assists and I think 14, 15 goals in this season, he will always be involved in the in the goals that Germany um, are creating uh, this tournament. I'm really sure of it. So I think that would be a good joker in a way because I think many people will have Harry Kane, Lukaku and Cristiano Ronaldo in a way. So if you just put in Thomas Müller there and he, he makes a good game, so then you will be a differential in a good sentence. Okay. Rob, have you got any questions? Um, I think, I mean, it's hard, it's tough to target the German side in the first two rounds of games, but they're really interesting going into the third round of games when I think we'd expect them to possibly need to get a result against Hungary, um, mm. especially if they've drawn against, um, say, if they're sitting there tied with France and Portugal and they need to score some goals to boost them up a bit. Um, I think that like Klosterman could be a great option um, and Thomas Muller as well um, would be perfect for that round three. Because a lot of the other bigger sides might be, they might have already qualified, they might be rotating, whilst Germany might be one of these teams that don't. Exactly. I, I would say so also. Uh, Serge Gnabry is, is a really good player and he always does a good job in the national team. Uh, in Bayern Munich, he's been up and downs, but in the national team, it's mostly, even if he doesn't play so good, he, he scores. So uh, if, if you have the money and you want to put it into the midfield, I would say Gnabry uh, if you don't pick Kimmich. Okay, so that, that Hungary game, um, the way that people are kind of planning their squads um, and things, a lot of people are either going to, well, the, the, the people that are talking on Twitter, they're either going to be using their limitless chip or their wildcard in, in match day three. One of the, and, and a lot of people are really thinking about targeting Germany mm. for that game and getting three Germany players. Which three would you choose? Budget being no option, just in terms of who you think will get the most points against Hungary and obviously who, who you think will start. Which three would you cho be choosing? I would choose Thomas Müller, Gnabry, and uh, Kimmich or Manu Neuer, if, if you really want just a, a goalkeeper that keep a clean sheet. Okay. All right. Is there anyone in defence other than um, Klosterman that we should be looking at? Because historically, um, I think Germany have been, uh, I guess, given the uh, title of good, uh, good defence. Mm -hmm. uh, people always... Uh, consider Germany with a good defense. Is are the, do you think that is it the case this year or not? They want to uh, now with Matt Summers back, uh, but I wouldn't say that they are there yet. Um, so with Rüdinger, Matt Summers, or Rüdinger, uh, Matt Summers, and Süle, I think they will build that kind of uh, uh, center back. Uh, I think Ginter could be a, a little bit of joker. He's a good defender. He can play in the central, but also sometimes at the right back uh, if you want. Uh, if you look at Gosens, 5.0, he's an offensive player. He plays normally in Atalanta where he plays as a wingback. He scores goals and also um, makes some assists. So that could be an option too, but I wouldn't say that they are so... Um, sure of starting as 
players like Thomas Müller, Serge Gnabry, and uh, Joshua Kimmich. Okay. Um, who takes your set pieces, or who do you think will be taking your set pieces, your corners, free kicks, and penalties? I think uh, if Tony Kroos plays, it's between Tony Kroos and uh, Joshua Kimmich. Um, for, for all for three? The, um, for the corners, I would say. And for the free kicks, I know Thomas Müller likes to take them, but uh, I would say that Kroos is all, also in front of there. So um, those two. Okay. Penalties? I would say Müller. Okay. I'm pretty sure he will take them. Rob, any questions? Uh, it's just that I was just sort of chuckling to myself because, like, you look at the like the team and then you think who will take the free kicks. There's so many players there that can take free kicks mm. and that do for their clubs. Um, like even like Sane, Gundogan, Nabri, they all can take free kicks um, as well as Havertz as well. Um, but yeah, I think the one that always sticks in my mind, especially with Germany, is Tony Cruz. Um, there, was that, um, there was that free kick at the last World Cup. Was it against Sweden? Mexico. Sweden. Was it Sweden? Yeah, was it yeah Sweden? Sweden. It was a great free kick. and it, it Wasn't looked... there one against Mexico as well? Um, when you lost? Or was it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he scored that some was... great free kicks. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think yeah, if if it's um yeah, I think it just strengthens Muller though. If like he's on penalties, he's got that. I mean, he has got the nine million prize tag, but that kind of free. If you're looking to move away from your Lukaku's, your Canes, your Ronaldo's, it gives you two or three million extra to spend elsewhere. Um, so instead of going for a budget defence, you can boost up to something a bit more from one of the bigger nations. Kimmich does interest me at 6 million, um, even as a DM, um, because yeah, his passing has shown for Bayern, like, yeah, he can he can pick out a pass. And um, yeah, if Muller's playing in that number 10, like he's one of the best number 10s around. Hmm. Um, like over the years, seeing him, he's so good at, not only seeing where other people are moving, but finding the space himself. Um, like if you watch videos of him um, over the years, and it's just that late run into the box, just behind, like where the defenders are moving back towards the goal. He'll be just still there at the penalty spot. Um, and yeah, he's always in that perfect spot. Um, and he, like he never scores great goals, but he scores lots no. of good goals. Um, That's true. So sometimes he get he gets away from you where like other big players like Ronaldo score great goals. Um, I mean he scores lots of good goals as well. But yeah, Müller just seems to be be on the spot at the right time. And I think um, if if they're not if they're playing with like you said about Havertz possibly playing in more of a false nine, I think that. Um, him and Muller would probably there'll be like a bit of a rotation where Muller sometimes will lead the line a bit more, mm. um, whilst Havertz drops deeper depending on how that particular game's panning out. So, yeah, nine mm. million is really interesting, but like for those first two rounds, it might not be the one. But for that, um, yeah, third match day or round three, um, it could be the perfect way to have in. Yeah. Um, I've just got one last question, Kevin, about with regards to fantasy. If I was a player, if I was a fantasy player that wanted a wild card in terms of one player that is gonna, no one's gonna own, or hardly any people are gonna own, but you think have the has the potential to be explosive and go wild, may or may not start. Who would you choose as a differential? I would say it's between two players. I don't think people will take. It's Leon Goretzka uh, because of the other midfield options. But if he's fit, he's re a real danger. He's really a box-to-box -box player uh, and scores goals and uh, provides assists. So I would say him or Kevin Folland. He's done a great season in, as Monaco, 16 league goals uh, and uh, can play as a striker or 
at the wings. So he's. I think he will play a bit, but I don't think he will start. Um, but I, I would say him too, because he he's a good differential. It costs a little bit, but if you want to have a differential, it could be him. I'm surprised you didn't say Sonny, because Sonny's one of those players that... Um, if he's performing, uh, he can do well. What kind of season did he have with Bayern? Was it kind of up and down, like it was season before last? Is he yeah. in, is he coming into good form into the into to the Euros? I I wouldn't say so much that he's in such a good form as you said up and downs with him. I would um I would say that he is kind of like Kingsley Coman in a way. Uh, I would say that Sunny is a bit better, like two point oh of Koeman, but uh, as you see in the Champions League against PSG, he had some really good uh, yeah, alternatives when Germany had a chance to score and he didn't take the right decision. And that's the thing with Sunny. He has such a big high uh, when it comes to the potential, but uh, his, yeah, his form isn't so uh, stable. So that's the thing. Um, and I I think you're right, 5.5, uh, uh, you want someone that has the creativity, has the potential to score one, two, three goals. Yeah, why not Leroy Sané? Okay, any other questions, Rob, from a fancy perspective or Kevin, is anything that you want to talk about um, from a fancy point of view that we haven't touched on yet or anything about the Germany side in general that you don't think we've discussed? I just want to put out a warning sign, and that's the defense. I would uh, really be careful to take uh, defenders from Germany. Uh, I said Klosterman, I said Mats Hummels. I, I think Mats Hummels will play all the time, but I wouldn't take them in at first choice. I would rather take midfielders or attackers from uh, Germany. Okay. Anything from you, Rob? No, it's... Um... Yeah, it's been really interesting to like, yeah, hear your insights. We know like your your background and like you've been seeing you on Twitter over the last few days. Like, really, like there'll be something reporting back from the uh, German side. So it's been really interesting to um, be able to have you on to chat. Especially, um, yeah, we're now on the second of June, so we're only. Um, what, nine days from the start of the tournament, eight days from the start of the tournament. So, yeah, really good to have you. And, yeah, thanks for coming on. And, um, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll meet uh, Germany in, at some point in the tournament and we can uh, get some for, get some for revenge for um, previous major tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've got one quick thing that I want to just ask you and this isn't about Germany or anything this is about the Bundesliga because I know that you follow the Bundesliga mm -hmm. Holland <laughs> is he is he leaving and who do you think he goes to I don't think he will leave this summer I think he will stay I'm, I'm sorry for the other teams but I think <laughs> he will stay because Dortmund uh, secured a Champions League spot and uh, he is he's doing really well in Dortmund. He, he likes it there, he has said himself. And uh, as report says, he also looks at a new house in Dortmund. So I think he will play one season uh, in Dortmund and then the next summer he will go. And then, I don't know, I, I, I would, uh, I, want, I want to see him in, in the Premier League, if not in the Bundesliga, of course because I think that would be would be a pleasure in a way. Um, I, I think if I would be a, a big team and had the money, I would do everything that I can to buy Erling Haaland and Jadon Sancho, because those two, yeah, they love each other and they do so much together on the pitch that is so great. And they pass to each other, they score the goals uh, with each other. So... If you if you buy Sancho and Holland, you have a great future in, ahead of you. I think okay. um, it's interesting how he, yeah, he might stay for another year, and Cavani's staying for another year at United. Um, so and Sa at the moment, it looks like there is a deal being spoken about with Sancho with Man United, um, which could be done before the tournament starts. So it'll mm. be um, it'll be interesting and. 
if that's why he's staying in Dortmund for another year, just to wait until that uh, that striker spot's open at United. And as you said, I think 99% that Jadon Sancho will leave this summer. I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, as you said, uh, Sancho and United are have an agreement. Now Dortmund has to find agreement with Manchester United. So um, I think that's, that's the right way to go for Sancho at the moment. And also very good for Dortmund because they bought them just for 7 million euros. And they will sell him for, yeah. 90 if if they are lucky now and with Haaland uh, he's got a class I think it's about 80 million euros but if he waits to the next summer uh, Dortmund can nay sorry the class is next summer so they have to buy uh, him for 80 million euros next summer and I think that's that's okay for Dortmund because they have then him one season once again because this season, this season, he made 40 goals for them. I think wow. he has made as many goals as he has uh, played games for Dortmund. I think maybe one game more than a goal. But yeah, he's incredible. Really incredible. Yeah, if it wasn't right. for Lewandowski, then everyone would be talking. If like, Lewandowski wasn't there, everyone would be talking yeah. about... Well, they are. everyone is talking about Haaland. But because Lewandowski broke records and... Um, Haaland was That's just true. behind him. Um, yeah, everyone, mm. everyone talks about Lewandowski. Just unlucky, I they, think, they, this they... season. <laughs> the great game against uh, Bayern Munich and Dortmund was when uh, Haaland did uh, two goals and then uh, Lewandowski did three goals. So just, <laughs> just say, <Sums> it up. <laughs> don't forget, I'm still here. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's that's kind of cool. Um, right, Kevin, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we go? No, I think we, we covered everything. I'm really looking forward to this Euro. Um, as always, uh, the, the pulse is rising when I think about Germany, but uh, I'm I'm confident and I hope I will be confident after the France game also. And it was a big pleasure to, to join this show and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Perfect. Thanks, Kevin. Um, Thank we you. really appreciate it from both of us and I'm sure the listeners do as well. So thanks again for um, joining us. Um, for the listeners, thanks for tuning in. Please like and subscribe and look out for our next instalment. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Auf Wiedersehen.